Coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss more than a one trick bot pony, trick bot Trojan back at it again. Next up, worse for ransomware. Ryuk ransomware targets hospitals. And finally, our 13th round of Two Truths and a Lie. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 41, recorded on March 30th, 2020. I'm your co-host, Kelsey. I can't believe I just heard about the resource Punstoppable LaBelle. With me, co-host Chatter Cheese Anderson. Yuck, 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 yuck. And last but not least, Tarek. These cheese puns are very Gouda and totally not cheesy. All right, Tarek Sala, just breathe. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at this point, uh, both of you and my fiance are the only ones that hear my puns. And for that, I must apologize because that's a lot of weight to bear as a person, you know? But they're so good. I mean, I think everybody can just appreciate how good the puns are. (laughs) I'm pretty fed up with them myself. Hey, oh my gosh. That's, That's hard to beat. That's hard to beat. All right, well, let's have some fun. Let's get some levity going in these dark times. So we'll start with our first article, More Than a One-Trick Bot Pony. So the Trick Bot Trojan has a new trick up its sleeve. Say that five times fast. Um, This trick up its sleeve for Trick Bot Trojan is for bypassing a new kind of two-factor authentication security method, uh, a security method that's used by banks, and it's done by fooling its victims into downloading a malicious app. So, Tarek, ah, TrickBot. Let's start with a quick reminder about this Trojan. And also, I'd love for you to give a, our audience a download, pun intended, about this malware. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, we've seen TrickBot um, kind of originate um, around 2016. And it's definitely established itself as one of the premier banking Trojans out there in the wild. Um, it's only specifically targeted Windows machines. And so we'll talk a little bit more here later on about what makes this one uh, TrickMo and TrickBot so unique. But uh, TrickBot's really been seen to only do credential harvesting for um, your banking and financial institution credentials, um, typically using Mimikatz, which is a password stealing dropper. Um, Another thing that's really interesting about TrickBot too, um, just as a little bit of a background, is that the uh, C2 operations traffic um, is typically only seen from compromised home wireless uh, routers that have vulnerabilities that have been like weaponized in different attack platforms. I I just want this credential harvester thing to be a country song so bad. I know I've like wished that so many times. Also, you might hear my lovely dog scratching herself in the background. That's the ode to peanut that's happening here on Breaking Badness right now. Shout out to Peanut. Shout out to Peanut. Shout out to Roland. That's Tarek's dog's name. Um, <laughs> thanks for that download, Tarek. <laughs> and more importantly, so what happens when people actually download this app? Yeah. So um, this is a really this is a really interesting um, kind of attack flow, um, and we can really lay out who the victims are here too. But essentially, what happens is you are already operating, or the victims in this case are already operating with a compromised, by TrickBot, a compromised Windows uh, device. So this could be like a laptop or a desktop, but the key is that they are 
operating under a uh, Windows operating system already infected by TrickBot. From there, what happens is a dialog box pops up on the victim screen, um, like a simple web injection. So um, part of TrickBot's capabilities are uh, man, in the, uh, man in the browser. Um, so it leverages some of the APIs to hook your web browser and kind of guide you to uh, specific websites and things. And that's what TrickBot does here is that it'll prompt you through the browser um, asking you what your phone number is and then uh, what type of operating system uh, you use on your mobile phone. And so if the victims fill out um, the form and select Android as their operating system, then they get a prompt. Um, uh, this is And this is a really uh, clever way of doing phishing because TrickBot already has your banking application or your banking information, like who you bank with and what those credentials are, the victims get a prompt masquerading as their own financial institution, asking them to download um, an APK or an Android application, uh, which in fact is the Android malware TrickMo. So this is a really ingenious way of leveraging, of attackers leveraging their existing foothold of a victim and then expanding it for more financial gain. Well said, Tarek. And I hope one day that there is both a man in the middle attack as well as a monkey in the middle of attack. I mean, I'm just having flashbacks to my youth. Uh, man in the browser sounds like a really cruel like prank to play on one of your schoolmates. <laughs> um, so, Tarek, how does two-factor authentication fit into this whole equation? Yeah. So um, as, as everybody generally is kind of aware, two-factor authentication is really the gold standard for anti-fraud detection and um, account hijacking pro, uh, protections and mitigations for pretty much all services nowadays, whether it's like Uber or your email or um, you know whatever online service there is, chances are it has two-factor authentication. So, um, you know, and just a little bit of background, two-factor authentication is essentially another form of, uh, of authentication that generally is something you own, like a phone or like a, to like a physical token um, so, you know, as such, attackers are always looking for means to bypass like the latest uh, protections in place. Um, that's not new. This is very much a cat and mouse game, right? Um, so what's interesting about TrickMo and what really makes the TrickMo malware uh, so sophisticated is that it has the capability of intercepting SMS messages um, post-compromise. Uh, so um, as some of you are aware that uh, SMS messages are one of the most common mediums for two-factor authentication. So you log into you know, your favorite service with a username and password, and then it'll send an SMS message to the phone that you have registered um, with, a, uh, with an additional PIN code to enter. Um, but this is where TrickMo has the capability of intercepting that, that SMS message containing the sensitive uh, PIN code for authentication. Um, but in addition to that, not only the means that TrickMo has um, to bypass two-factor authentication, another one is a thing called TAN codes. And this one was kind of new to me too. Um, so TAN codes are application targeted specific one-time use PIN codes. And they operate with their own protocol too, which is interesting. It doesn't operate over SMS. And TrickMo is really ahead of the game here because this is a relatively new protocol and TrickMo also has the ability to intercept those and replay them back to the attacker. Wow, really living up to TrickMo located next to BevMo. Um, <laughs> both well-attended uh, establishments right now, it sounds. Um, so, Tarek, do researchers have any idea as to who's being targeted right now? Yeah. Um, so what's really interesting to the uh, the report um, from 
uh, IBM X-Force. Um, and, uh, and just to be clear too, um, IBM X-Force uh, initially became aware of this through um, CertBund, which is the German um, security uh, emergency response team. So um, once IBM kind of uh, became aware from CertBund about, um, at what the time they classified, this is back in 2019, they classified this as Emotet uh, dropping uh, this specific malware. Now we know it's more like TrickBot. Um, so what's interesting is that um, the TrickMo uh, malware seems to be only catered towards uh, those that are German speaking. So whether that's a matter of uh, TrickBot malware itself, um, because as, as we all know, the TrickBot um, to TrickMo bridge is jumping from a desktop to a mobile device. Um, TrickBot might be looking at the geographical location of their victims, or it might be pulling what the language pack is on the Windows computer um, to then uh, initiate the next stage of um, uh, dropping TrickMo on the uh, the vulnerable or the victim's uh, mobile phone. Well said, Tarek. Thank you for that really thoughtful description. And something that I'm really curious about, as you've gone into quite a bit of a uh, detail here and actually coming back to my initial question around the history of TrickBot, I'm curious if these are fairly typical strategies for this particular Trojan that are being used. So, you know, it's it's definitely in line with the TrickBot author's motives, which is completely financial gain. Um, what's interesting, though, uh, from my perspective is that this is um, a really interesting bridge connection between the desktop and the mobile space from one single attack. Um, this is taking an existing foothold on a completely siloed, completely different um, you know, device uh, and jumping and bridging that together. Uh, you don't see that too often. Um, usually um, attacks, generally speaking, stick to you know, one or the other. Um, there's been a handful of, um, of malware, though, that has kind of reared its head and jumped and made that bridge connection, uh, one of which I, I investigated, uh, this is several years ago, which is the macOS Wirelurker malware. So um, it's an uncommon pattern, uh, but this one uh, makes a lot of sense from a financial gain perspective, which is what TrickBot's motives really are. Yeah, very, very well said. I'm curious, do you think that <laughs> if folks are trying to sell TrickBot Trojan on the black market, do you think they use single pane of glass? Um, <laughs> I feel like they could leverage some of the cliched marketing terms we hear here all the time in cybersecurity. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the final question I always like to ask is around impact, right? So how concerning is this newly evolved TrickBot Trojan and really how concerned should we be? Yeah, so... You know, let's not read too much into the fact that this is uh, only targeting uh, German-speaking people because that can change in an instant. Uh, TrickBot um, is a uh, has been in the game for a long time. The authors of TrickBot are extremely sophisticated, and we've seen the TrickBot um, attack kill chain evolve over time, right? Um, and TrickMo is a great example of that. How um, the authors are staying up to date on the latest for two-factor authentication bypasses. Um, a lot of um, credential hijacking malware typically, you know, attempts to fetch the credentials and, you know, doesn't really spend. There isn't too many malware or threats out there that really focus on bypassing uh, two-factor authentic authentication. So to me, this one is extremely concerning. Um in addition to the sophistication of uh, bypassing two-factor authentication, the fact that we're having 
um, attacks that are um, now jumping from one from the desktop to the mobile space. Um, that's also extremely um, concerning too, because usually those are two completely siloed things. Um, but you know, these uh, TrickBot authors are pulling uh, new uh, ideas um, into place. And uh, I think one thing that we should all be aware of is that once um, a successful attacker finds a strategy that works really well, we can definitely expect other uh, malware authors and other attackers to kind of replicate this attack pattern too. Well said, and I think this segues really naturally into our hoodie rating. And for those of you that are joining uh, this podcast for the first time or our first few times, uh, to give you a sense of how concerned you should be, we like to rate each article on a scale of zero to 10 cliche hacker hoodies. Um, and so 10 being, you know, you should be incredibly concerned. Why are you still listening to the podcast? Zero being, let's all share this through Slack to survive uh, the coronavirus quarantine. So, <laughs> Chad, I'm going to start with you. What would you rate this particular article at? Um, you know, I it's it's TrickBot. They're um, you know advanced uh, advanced actors, and um, you know this is part of the whole chain to what we're going to talk about later. You know, TrickBot's the beginning, and then there's um, people drop uh, Rio ransomware or Emotet or whatever. Um, so you know, I, I rate it an eight out of ten. It's uh, mostly because it's there and we know about it, and people are watching it. Um, but it's still it's uh, it's a lot of trouble. What do you think about that, Tarek? Yeah, you know, um, I'm definitely concerned. Um, I think this one is uh, with TrickBot to TrickMo. Um, I think it's a uh, natural, um, sophisticated stepping stone um, for attack patterns. Um, I would give this one a solid like 8 out of 10. Um, you know, looking at it strictly from the data that we have now, it's only affecting a portion of people. But I mean... What's to say that that can't be expanded upon once they've seen success in the German victim marketplace? I, I fully expect the strategy to kind of grow and evolve and or other attackers and other um, you know threat groups uh, taking advantage of this kind of strategy and, 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 and incorporating it into their attack patterns. So 8 out of 10, I'm definitely concerned. It's so hard. I want so badly to try to stir the pot and pit you two against each other, but you agree on so much. <laughs> uh, great minds think about cheese. Was was that what you were thinking? Or am I alone in that? Um, anyway, we'll move on. I don't want you to answer that question. Um, <laughs> so the next article we're going to be discussing today is uh, worse for ransomware. So the Ryuk ransomware operators continue to target hospitals even as these organizations are overwhelmed by, of course, the coronavirus pandemic. So, Chad, similar to what we had Tarek do, uh, this comes up frequently on the podcast, threat posts, bleeping computer, um, a lot of typical sites here that we're all skimming as folks in the security industry. Can you give us a brief history lesson and description about this particular ransomware? Yeah, so the uh, Ryuk ransomware, as I said before, um, you know, it's attributed to that same Russian-based group, or well, most people attribute it to a Russian-based group. Um, some say North Korea, but uh, the general consensus, the same Russian group that brought us TrickBot um, and thought to have brought us Hermes before that. And Ryuk's been around since about 2018. Uh, from an operational perspective, um, the way that it kind of changed from Hermes is it targets more enterprise environments and has a couple of uh, things to do that instead of um, 
you know, it's, it's, it's just built to go after big businesses, I guess. Um, but uh, it does the usual thing, encrypt files, try and extort money paid in Bitcoin. Um, usually there's a support email address that is the name of an esoteric actor or director for the email um, from a Proton Mail or otherwise. And then, uh, like I said, Ryuk is usually distributed after a TrickBot infection. So it's kind of a, the steps along the way. Um, but yeah, to date of known Bitcoin addresses, uh, millions of dollars have been paid to decrypt files that Ryuk has encrypted. So it's it's pretty successful. I love the way you set that up, sort of like it was a movie trailer. From the people who brought you Ryuk ransomware. <laughs> <laughs> That was great. Thank you for that download there. And so what are the implications of these attacks on, you know, on healthcare providers and organizations with, of course, the added layer of the pandemic? Yeah, I think the the problem here, I mean, the big implication is it's that real people will die. That's uh, what it comes down to. Um, I don't know a lot about medical security or medical equipment security, but I've been to enough talks Um and I, you know, I've never done any testing against it, but I've been to enough talks to know that typically um, the security is pretty poor. Um, there aren't any credentials or, um, you know, the networks are insecure. Um, I really hope that the ventilators aren't networked because that's what, um, you know, these actors are going to be going after, um, you know, or, or any sort of hospital equipment. But hopefully the ventilators are networked. Um, and, you know, with them targeting all these um enterprise environments and targeting these hospital facilities. A number of journalists and researchers have reached out and asked these actors to cease for the time being, but the, the, um, you know, the folks have refused to do so. Um, it makes sense, I guess, from a like, you know, garbage person point of view uh, that if lives are on the line, that hospitals are going to be more likely to pay up fast and not take time delivering or, you know, contacting security experts um, from the point of view of not being a horrible human being as uh, a terrible way to gain a buck. And I really hope karma works out here. Yes, well said. And if I wasn't clear too with the title, that's what Ryuk is currently up to um, in this episode of Jerks on the Internet. Uh, they're targeting these environments of these organizations. So, um, and you mentioned this a little bit, but it sounds like according to the bleeping computer article that we're referencing in here, they contacted so many groups asking if they would stop. It sounds like a few people did potentially respond, but certainly not right. Ransomware. <laughs> so, uh, I'm curious if you heard anything else along the same lines or if it's sort of, I, I would personally be surprised if threat actors would respond, but I'm um, curious what you would think about that, Chad. Yeah, it is, it is funny. There's a so there's a CTI that I'm on that um, you know I saw some screenshots posted from a Telegram Telegram group of bad actors that were um, it was basically people pleading with them not to uh, you know. Uh, could be using the ransomware on hospitals at this time. Um, and, and some people were very nonchalant in saying that they would just continue to target hospitals to extract money. Um, others uh, said that they would not. And then I guess um, from follow-up reports that I've seen, they decided uh, against that and went after the hospitals anyway. Um, but, you know, there's no no honor among thieves, I guess. So. Hmm. Yes. Um, I'm curious to what you two think about this. I think Chad said it really well. I mean, people's lives are on the line. So how would you rate this in terms of the hoodie scale? And I'll start with you on this, Tarek. 
Yeah, you know, anytime we're talking about ransomware and we're talking about um, uh, high impact uh, institutions like hospitals and healthcare organizations, uh, this is honestly like a nine or a 10 out of 10. Um, this, I would say 10 out of 10, especially now, uh, coupling with the, the, the how fragile everything is with our medical systems around the world uh, with uh, coronavirus. So um, extremely concerning, um, 10 out of 10. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, and I, you know, I would go with the same ten out of ten. It, normally, with ransomware, if if it happens, I I kind of feel like, well, you know, you should have had backups, and uh, you know, don't pay them a dime. But um, in the case of um, people's lives on the line, and uh, if if that equipment that's necessary for them to survive is uh, networked and is something that has been you know, encrypted, I would say you just have to pay it to save lives as quick as possible. So it's, it's one of those things. It's just, it's a really terrible situation. Yeah. Well, it's truly worst case scenario. And, um, I know that there are actually, as a positive note, there are some really cool groups from the info security space that are coming out and working really hard. There's one in particular, and pardon me, as I look it up here that I know is taking volunteers so I'd highly recommend checking them out if you're willing to give some of your time. I know they have um, a Slack group all set up and um, a lot of vendors are actually providing them tools free of charge, which is great. Um, and so what they really need is people's time to help them fight. So it's um, Cyber Volunteers 19, which on Twitter is CV19 Cyber. And so I believe that this is headed up by a few folks in the UK. There's um, Daniel Card comes to mind, uh, Lisa Fort, and Radislaw Nat. Um, and so I definitely check them out on Twitter as as well. So anyway, just know that that's out. There's out there. Um, I think a lot of vendors and people. And groups are doing so much to try to help protect, especially the systems like our, our healthcare organizations. So a major shout out to them for their willingness to fight the good fight, I'm sure, on volunteer time, too. So thanks thanks to the people out there that are working really hard to try to keep us all safe. And on a more positive note, I'd love to pop over and do our typical game, Two Truths and a Lie. It's, of course, similar to the game you all know and love, but rather than talking about ourselves... Um, we are going to share three article titles, and two of which, of course, are true, and one is false. And so, the host up this week to try to trick the other two hosts is none other than Chad Anderson. Good, good old Chatty Cheese. Did I get that right, Chatty? Chatter Chatty. Cheese. Yeah, that's good. Chatter Cheese. Good. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, with that, I'll let you take it away and see if you can't throw Tarek and I off your scent. Mm, yeah, um, I hope I can trick Mo. Um, <laughs> okay, let's do this. Uh, so, two truths and a lie. Number one, House Party, the popular video conferencing app that's seeing a huge rise during the COVID-19 pandemic, being accused of stealing user credentials. Number two, Critical security flaw allowing decryption of traffic found in WireGuard VPN protocol as it reaches mainline release in the Linux kernel today. Number three, remote code execution bug found in popular Raspberry Pi ad blocking software, PyHole. 
Oh All my gosh. right. Those are good. Kelsey, would you like to go first? Oh. If not, mm. I'm going to give it a stab. Oh, go stab away. <laughs> well, I know one of them. I read one of these. And I'm not going to say which one, obviously, is true. Um, <laughs> the one in WireGuard is super concerning. I hope to God that's not true because I use WireGuard all the time. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with House Party stealing creds. Uh, I think that is the lie. I bet you they're probably mishandling passwords on some level. Uh, but I don't think they're stealing creds. That's my gut. I'm going to go with House Party. Hmm. I'm going to take a... Um a risky strategy here rather than trying to spread the field of responses. I, that was my guess. I'm going to agree with Tarek and I'm just going to go all in with you. So Tarek, I'm so together, sorry if dude. I let you down. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what was that movie where the two old ladies drove off the cliff? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I have um, time to watch it. Please I can't wait remember. to have that be in my Google search though. <laughs> <laughs> we're that is all I'm saying. I love it. Yeah. That's how I pictured us already, honestly. So I'm glad we're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Drum roll. Bring it to us, Chad. The lie is the wire guard one. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Ah. Wow. I know. A little bit of a, uh, a, um, a, a side note. The house party, when I said being accused of stealing user credentials, they haven't actually, well, no one's been able to prove they've stolen them. But a lot of people are accusing them of stealing their banking and uh, Netflix information, which like, if you're going to steal someone's bank account, you might as well also see what's on their list, you know, on Netflix. Got it. It's the accusation. Well, I'll tell you what, man, the WireGuard one scared the crap out of me. I was actually opening up WireGuard right now. (laughs) (laughs) I saw the I saw the 1.0 go into the um, um, mainstream Linux release today. And I was like, oh, I'm so happy that's there. I got to make at least one about that. (laughs) The uh, I did read about the RC and Pi hole, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting one. A lot of people use that. I didn't realize how popular it was. What version is it? 3.14? Hello. Yuck, 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 yuck. <laughs> I don't know why I'm yucking, by the way. I feel like that this is... Uh, I think you're ryucking. It's a ryucking. That's how ransomware laughs. They should add that to my favorite new site. Punstoppable. It's full circle. I think you can be a contributor on Punstoppable. I think so. People around me in my life would probably really appreciate if I had that outlet rather than them having to hear my puns. <laughs> Not true at all. <laughs> Notice how Tarek's the only one that steps in and Chad is like, oh, I'm going to mute myself. <laughs> <I'm not> gonna- <laughs> <laughs> On you, Chad. <laughs> well, I want to thank both of you for your contributions today. This has been a fun episode. Next week, we have a special guest. We're going to have Alan Liska from Recorded Future on the podcast, which we're super excited about. So Chad and I will be joining Alan, and we'll give Tark the week off um, to recuperate from our dramatic loss to Chad today during our game. <laughs> I need a breather. Uh, we all do. That went really bad. I'll never try that strategy again. I'm so sorry. I let us and our car go down the cliff, Tarek. It's uh, the movie, by the way, is Thelma and Louise. There we go. Okay. I will watch that. I have the time to do such a thing. 
at this point in my life. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you both so much. Everyone, please stay safe, stay healthy. I know it's a really difficult time and know that our thoughts are with you. And I know it may be uh, slowing down for other organizations, but it's probably picking up if you're working InfoSec. So thank you for keeping us safe. And until next time, don't drink and click. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at DomainTools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's all we have for this week. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click. <laughs>